Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. everyone and welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Where each week, we usually discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime, but to change it up a little bit, this week we're just going to be doing one. And we're also going to be talking about random topics that pop into our heads. And also, just a quick reminder, this is an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. The dog is snoring at my feet, and every time he does, I see my volume go, err, err. So it's picking it up. Maybe like a cool sound effect in the background is what you'll okay. have. Like a Darth Vader groaning thing. All right, there we go. <laughs> Speaking of heavy breathing, our other co-host is here, Alex. How you doing, Alex? Ooh, is that supposed to be like a sensual thing or like a asthmatic thing or like a, a what? I took it as like a stalker thing, like the kid from Hey Arnold. Like when you breathe into the phone and, and hang up. Yeah. <laughs> and the flashlight's hanging above your face. I'm going to go that route. Let's do that route. You know what? I always... Were we having this conversation about Darth Vader, speaking of Darth Vader, about what purpose his like s- like stomach motherboard thing serves? Like what <laughs> is that? I love that thing. It's so... <laughs> Silly the stupid looking. flashing lights. Like, what does it do? Could you go up to it? Could you push a button? What happens? Does his helmet fly off or something? Like, I thought it was for his voice, like to make sure it stayed like in tune. Like, because he's around that big Death Star, and there's all these electronic things that could interfere with it. Because if you remember in like episode two, they're at that meeting with Count Dooku, and there's a villain in there that has the exact same suit as really? him. Yeah, and he's sitting oh. there and he's talking, and his voice starts getting messed up as like the overlay stuff's going on. And he's sitting there going boop 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 and adjusting his like chest to where his voice modulates correctly. Is that General Grievous? No, it's not Grievous. It's like a guy. He has like a metal mouth, and then he has like a metal body, and then like his head's kind of normal with his eyes. And he's sitting there talking, and he's like making noises with his chest, and it, and then his voice comes out and goes. That sounds like a good plan. Was this a dream you had? Because no, this <laughs> this happens. This happens in Attack of the Clones. Okay, okay, I believe you. Why is it on his stomach and not his like arm, where he'd easily access it? You know, boop 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 on his forearm, not like oh, I have to look down at my chest and it's backwards because I'm looking down at it. See, I think it's like Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story, and you go up and you press a button, and he does a karate chop. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command, come in, Star Command. Okay, Bully, we gotta wake up. You gotta wake up, Bully. Yeah, wake up, uh-huh. wake up. So, Jacob, speaking of dogs, how was your week? Oh, it was good. Funny you bring that up, Austin. I did adopt a new dog this week. Her name is Pancake. Aw. She's seven. She's a senior. That's what uh we do in this house. We adopt the seniors. More to follow, because uh, she's kind of just decompressing from being in the shelter for a while. So, <laughs> this is what uh we've been doing, just letting her relax and kind of get get uh, acclimated to her new environment. What I read is I think it takes like three weeks for them to get like adjusted to the new surroundings, three months and they're like fortified in their situation. And then after that, typically it's like, oh, they act a little more normal. So we'll see how it goes. More, more updates to come though. Well, it'll be interesting. Let us know how that goes. Besides adopting a dog though, this week, 
I binge watched something, which I rarely get to do, but I was I'm a little bit behind on this. Oh I yeah. Say this. I watched Squid Game. Oh my on god. Netflix. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and I, I know I'm uh, I'm late to the party, I know. But it was it's like you guys have seen it. Yes. Right? You've seen it? Yes. It's really good. I think that like the atmosphere it builds my stomach was like I could feel the nervousness in my body with each like game they were playing. I put that in air quotes. I could feel the tension for sure. So how far into the series did you get? We're done. You finished. Okay. Finished it. All nine episodes are completed. Oh, God. How much did it hurt you? Did you cry? One scene I was like tearing up a little bit when the marble thing was going on. Oh, God. That was a very good episode. A very good change of pace from the like rush, rush, go. I thought that was like beautifully paced. That got me a little bit because the stories that they go through and they make it I guess they're all from the same neighborhood because they're all walking through and they're like, oh, this is where, you know, I bought fish. This is where I play with my friends. It was just, oof, oof. It's a bitter, bitter episode. Yeah, that is, that's, it was such a good show. There's going to be a season two, you know. Yeah, which uh, mm. we'll see how that goes. Austin's Austin, you're kind of like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Should have been a one and done, in your opinion. It could be good. I'll see how it is. Battle Royale 2 wasn't any good. Uh, I'll say that. Where would they go from here is my question. It's like, I mean, clearly they, they end off on like a kind of a cliffhanger situation, but I just, I'm struggling to see how you could replicate that. Like now that everybody knows about it and the secret's out and like the whole premise is out, but we'll see. Where's it going to go? Like, I think the first episode or the first season, that episode, the first season's really good, but there's a lot of extra stuff in there. That's kind of like, why is this here? You know, this doesn't really need to be explained. Some of the side story stuff, but Maybe that's what they'll build upon. In For season sure. Two. That's and where that they was, have to go, right? That was the boring stuff, so I don't yeah, care. Yeah, the real boring stuff. Like the games where they're playing and the people interacting and how these people doing things kind of against their will. Or they choose to, but it's really against their will. That was cool. This extra stuff, hopefully it's all planned out. Like hopefully this isn't like, we did this thing. Oh, it got a bunch of views. Oh, we got to make a season two. We'll see how it goes. Did y'all see Netflix is doing a... A Squid Games game show. No. Yes. And I was going to submit my application <laughs> for it. But they was like, and now include a video of you to show off who you are. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Aww, uh, I'm not doing the production of that. <laughs> this could have been your one chance for fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. I could see you being... I'm trying to decide who you would be, Austin. Which character I would be? You would either be the guy that went to the SMU or you would be like the... The guy that runs the yard. You know that I'll tell guy? you exactly who I am. I'm the guy who dies in the first game. <laughs> Are you the guy that doesn't play right? Yeah. Who else had a big week? Not I, said the little red hen. Well, what'd you do? Well, this has been a couple weeks now, I think. But Jacob and I talked about this off podcast. I went to go see Top Gun Maverick, which was awesome. Yes. When you texted me <laughs> that you liked it. I was just like so happy because you know when you watch a movie and you're like, oh, this is great. You want to share it with the world? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Well, you know what? I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, I think a little bit, and I hadn't seen it at that point, but we're behind with our recordings. But I wasn't going in there expecting to like it. Like I hadn't seen the first one in years and years and years. I had no recollection of it, no context for it. Because I know you had mentioned that there was some background info and they had some flashback scenes that referenced the first film. 
and when it didn't mean anything to me when I sat there and watched it, but that was okay because it wasn't necessary to the overall enjoyment of the movie. It was thrilling. It was fantastic. We went, it was pretty much a sold out theater and we sat in like the third row. So of course I'm sitting there with my neck, like almost at like a 90 degree angle. It was definitely one of those movies that you had to go see in the theater. Like you were there in the cockpit with them. It was so good. Yeah. The, I don't know what you call the cinematography of that movie is phenomenal. And you had the exact same experience I had where people were telling me that this is a great movie. You got to see it. (laughs) And I went in there. was just like, okay, this is like people living off nostalgia or whatever. That's what I thought. Which is blown away by this. This one's actually a lot better than the first one. It was. As far as like action and story and the missions actually mean something. Yeah, I saw the first one after because Amazon had it streaming. And so I watched it just to compare. Definitely way more thrilling. There was actually some semblance of a plot. I mean, well, they did have a plot. And it was like uh, an urgency. And of course, Miles Teller is not, you know, he's very easy on the eyes. So that was also a plus in my book. And that mustache. And that mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there flopping around as he's doing the piano. Gosh, Austin's like, mm, I don't think so. Not a fan. I've seen I've seen the trailer. I'm not a fan. Of the oh movie or Miles Teller? Of the mustache. Well, he, it's because he's supposed to invoke Goose. Like, that's what his dad looked I, like. I know. I wasn't a fan of Goose's mustache either. Well, that was an 80s mustache, so. Exactly. So it was <laughs> a different time. Well, it's coming back into fashion. You know, everything's cyclical. And the mustache is a critical plot point. <laughs> no, no. They have to include it. There's something to do with like his vision field and how the mustache is actually able to like Increase help his, his eyes vision. see. Yes, and goodbye. See his vision. I'm leaving. Goodbye. No, no. <laughs> of all the shit Jacob gives you, this is what you're walking out on. Yeah, really, it's the dumbest thing I've said. <laughs> oh, but anyway, no, it was overall a fantastic movie, and I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. Like him as a person, not a fan, but. He did a good job in the movie. Overall thrilling. You can say all the crap you want to about Tom Cruise, and rightfully so, but like his movies, like action movies, are all pretty good. He's passionate. I'll give him that. He does his own stunts, all that stuff, so. I recently saw him in The Outsiders. What is The Outsiders? Oh, you didn't have to read that in school? I did not. Is that the poor kids thing? Like they're poor outside? Yes. Like in the rich, okay. You you mentioned it recently, Jacob, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I'm making sure that I was talking about the right thing. It's reassurance. Yeah. So they had it on the plane. I was like, oh, I'll watch this. I haven't seen this since I was like 10 years old. Yo, oh, I was on a plane. Oh. You were on a plane. You were on a plane, you were on a but plane. not a jet. It was in the air. That's all I know. I don't know planes. It's in the air. Well, What did you Austin, do on that plane? Yeah, did you want to regale us with why you were on a plane? I went to go visit a friend of the show, Kelsey. Oh, yay. Ooh. Who made an appearance in episode 7 of Out of the Drying Pan, back when our audio was significantly worse. Go back and listen to it. Five stars. No, please don't. <laughs> uh, leave five stars, though. Um, we basically had a whole week just to dick around. We did a bunch of different stuff. We went to a pride parade. We spent a day out on the water. Um, I went to go visit some of my old haunts from when I lived there for a little while. Oh, I went to go see the my dad wrote a porno live show. And how was that? It was good. I think their podcast might be a little bit more successful than ours. That's okay. We'll we'll, we'll see. We're climbing okay. the charts. Yeah, where are we on the charts today? <laughs> it changes um, every single hour. Tell your friends. If you like what we're doing, leave a review. Tell your friends. Let us know what we can be doing differently or what you enjoy. But you, you had a good time there, Austin? 
Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, good, because uh, you didn't text me back, so I was worried about you. Oh, sorry, did I not? No, I asked you how your trip was. Austin oh. ignored us. That's okay. I didn't talk to him for a whole week. I was, I was kind of not in my right mind the majority of the time. I, I figured. I figured. I was like, he's probably busy. At one point, I had to carry a suitcase, or like a big suitcase round for like three hours, so that was fun. Ooh. Oh my god. Trying to get to where you're... Yeah, and I got lost, because I'm an idiot. Did you book your flight successfully to get back? I mean, I, I see you're back here, but like, did you learn? Yes, this okay. time I managed to schedule the flight correctly. And not a month behind? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm very glad that you were able to actually get back, because I was worried about that too, because I was reading about all the cancellations recently in the airports, and I was like... Oh, God, Austin may not be able to get back. Yeah, I lucked out. Yep, that's good. But this week, like I said in the intro, we're just doing one episode uh, because Austin just wants to edit one episode. We're doing a movie next time. I, yeah. I'm not doing two long-ass episodes back-to-back. <laughs> and I don't blame them. The episode we have for this week is Charizard Chills. It's a very good title. I actually like love the title of this episode. It's a good pun. It's a good pun, for sure. All right, now we probably should have talked about this before we began recording. We did a little bit, but we didn't sort it out. How are we going to do the randomizer? I asked that question, and y'all ignored me, and we just we did. recorded instead. So I don't know, Jacob. You have to figure it out now, live. So okay, me? Alex <laughs> is doing the 30-second summary 30 times. Fuck that. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. This is how I, I did the randomizer, and this is the order it gave me Alex, no, God Austin, <laughs> and then me. Ah. Oh, no. I'm going to do the first half of the episode, Jacob, and you do the second half. Okay. We, I, I could do that. Okay. We could, we could try it that way. Pass it off. I didn't take really extensive notes. Did I didn't you? either. Okay. Okay. We'll be good then. This time we're going to Cleopatra Island. Okay. What? And this was a very dull episode, so I thought I would throw in a little tidbit here to kind of spoof it up a little bit, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Okay. So they're going to Cleopatra Island. What does that have to do with oranges, you say? Great question. Turns out that Cleopatra was the first person to introduce oranges to Julius Caesar. We went on an exhibition there during his reign. Well, he wasn't emperor, but during his reign of the Roman Empire. Okay, so she gave him oranges. And then in Italian, it's oranges is how you say it in Italian. Translated now to the American version of oranges. So we owe the connection of English, the word orange, to Cleopatra back then, who introduced the orange to Caesar. And that's how we got it today. So that's how Cleopatra is all connected to the orange islands and the orange itself. Is the island actually called Cleopatra Island? 100%. Okay. Jacob, when did you look that up? Uh, yesterday. Okay. It's not true. I made it up. Let's keep going. Goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Doesn't that sound legit, though? Doesn't that sound legit? Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, let's do it now. Oh, my God. Three, two, one, go. Okay, in this episode, Ash and friends are traveling on Lapras when they almost get killed by a speedboat. Damien's doppelganger confronts Ash and challenges him to a battle. Charizard is a little shit, and it doesn't listen to Ash at all. So Polyrath, who's wearing, like, a championship WWE belt, wins and beats Ash and freezes Charizard in the process. 
Ash has to save Charizard's life and unthaw him, and Charizard finally gains respect for Ash, and we're all friends. The end. Time. Okay, great. The twerps are going along when someone nearly fucking clips them in their boat, which reminded me of my past weekend in which we nearly got clipped by a boat multiple times. This guy on this boat is a weirdo named Tad. Is that correct? Yes. And he kind of looks like Tracy's like rock and roller brother or something because he's wearing a big old headband. And he's an odd character. Apparently, he's just come from Rudy's gym and Rudy was talking about Ash I would think he'd be talking about Misty, but regardless, um, Tad still thinks Misty's super cute, and he's kind of weird with her. But then he also insults her in the same breath, saying that she looks like a tentacruel when she's angry, which backfires because Misty's like, Oh my gosh, a tentacruel is so pretty! Ash is in, has his head in his palms, like, this is out of control. But when the guy is like, okay, you must be Ash, Ash is like, damn right I'm Ash. Because this guy has come stalking them. Because Rudy just couldn't shut the fuck up about Ash. And they need to have a battle. And Ash is like, okay. So they go to, apparently, Cleopatra Island. I don't yeah. remember them saying that, but Jacob claims that's the name. They don't? I I guess I really had to look that up. Because I was just trying to figure out where we are. Like, where are we going? These islands they don't mention, they're always weird. So I was in prepping for, like, a weird episode. All right, we're going to have a two-on-two battle. Pikachu versus Polyrath. Ash doesn't know what a Polyrath is. Shocking. And neither does he recognize its championship belt, which reminded me of Primeape and it's his belt. But this is the Polyrath championship belt from Polyrath being the greatest from wherever the hell Tad comes from. Do they explain where that belt actually comes from? Or does he just wear it? Uh, he just wears it. So they didn't explain like it's from like tournament, like they didn't have a background story at all? No, they said it was from a tournament kind of situation. Okay. All right. Sure. Everyone's talking about water elements and electric elements because everyone's talking about fucking elements instead of types, and it annoyed me. But eventually Pikachu loses. Thunderbolt does nothing. Uh, Hypnosis and Water Gun and Double Team take him out. Okay, so now Ash is like, I'm going to use Charizard because it's a Charizard episode. Charizard flambays Ash and starts flying around, and Tad Tad and Wrath is how I put them in my notes. Oh, that's pretty good. They attack Charizard while it's flying around. And that pisses Charizard off, so he comes down to the roost and he starts to try and kill Ash with his tail. Misty makes a comment that Charizard's just doing worse. Which, I mean, yeah, it seems to be getting more aggressive towards physically assaulting Ash. Every time he's, like, called it out, it used to not hit him, and then it started burning him, then it started guaranteeing to burn him. Now it's hitting him and scratching him. So, yeah, it's just like every time he calls him out, it escalates even further. It's getting angrier and angrier, but thankfully, it's really not going to take that much to turn its attitude around, it seems. (laughs) Not really. Okay, so now Charizard is fighting Polyrath, not listening to Ash, of course. Apparently, Charizard knows Mega Punch. Did we know that? No, it's never... I just thought it knew Flamethrower. It's just Flamethrower, 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 but he's weak against Water Gun, and then an Ice Beam freezes him into a giant chunk of ice, and Ash is like, oh my god, Charizard! So he starts hitting him with a rock and gives him an air hole to breathe. And Tad's <laughs> like, okay, you, I'll come back to this later in the episode. Bye. So now Charizard is sick and we're going to, we got to heat him up because now it's nighttime. I put him next to a campfire and put a blanket on him. Even though you're not supposed to put a blanket on a lizard who's cold because that will prevent the heat from reaching the lizard. I looked that up. Yeah. And you forgot Charizard actually almost dies here. 
Oh, right, the tail. When they freeze them, I guess, yeah, when they freeze them, you see the flame on its tail go down. And then when they're kind of going through the scene here, you see his tail start diminishing and basically on death's door, I guess, is kind of what they're saying here. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you tell us, Jacob? Because now it's your half of the episode. Oh, right. So I'll take it over here. So Gosson talked about Charizard is in a bad state here. He's in a very bad state. He starts thrashing around. Just, you know, he's just feeling bad. You feel bad for the guy. He got frozen to death. Ash smacked him with a rock to get him out of ice. It's an awful situation here. But luckily we have Tracy, who explains that, hey, Charizard's cold. You know, so we are trying to warm, warm up with the blanket. But we escalate from the blanket to rubbing. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but rubbing a Pokemon creates friction. Especially on a scaly Pokemon like Charizard. And that's how you get the heat to rise. You gotta rub it. Yeah, I don't see how this works. My best, like, comparison is when, like, you know you're cold, and they say, like, huddle together to create more body heat. Yeah, but we're warm-bodied creatures. Yeah, but maybe they're trying to do it that way. Like, so... Take my warmth from my palm into you. Yeah, because it's not enough. Like, your body heat isn't enough to heat up this cold-blooded Pokemon, so you gotta rub it with a kind of like a space blanket. But another crucial moment happens here, and I don't know about you all, but I finally cheered with joy with Ash finally admitting that he is a bad trainer. Threw my hat in the air and started dancing. I was like, finally he realizes that he's a bad trainer. Did he say that? Yeah, uh, to a certain degree. He goes, uh, basically he talks about how he's not a good, uh, he's been neglecting training Charizard, and now he neglects some of his Pokemon to get them to where they need to be, to where they'll listen. I guess uh, that's what he's going for there. That's not how I interpreted that. What'd you What'd you think then? I didn't really pay too much attention, so I could be misremembering. But from what I could tell, Ash was just like, you know, I got you when you're a Charmander and a Charmeleon, and you're now you're a Charizard, and I'm not. I'm trying to be a better trainer, so I hope we can be a good team. And Charizard's like, wow, what an impassioned speech! I should change my entire personality now. <laughs> that's what you could say i took it as him saying hey i didn't we went through all this time together and i didn't obviously what i did didn't work because the point you're at now you're just attacking me and you're kind of useless but did he say that yeah and uh in uh subtitled watch the subtitled version oh okay in, in the Japanese. subtitled that, version yeah that's what he says in the italian version he says that yeah Arangus. charizard hears ash tell this kind of he's talking to himself here but charizard hears him and he agrees with him so he finally agrees to help Ash out of pity. That's what we're getting down here. Charizard's helping him out of pity. Of course, night ends. Charizard seems to be doing a little bit better. The flame on the back of his tail seems to be growing a little bit larger. Could just be because it's the morning. Sometimes that happens, but it seems to be growing larger. Team Rocket comes along here, and they attack Pikachu. Big shock there. Get it? Pikachu. Shock. All right, I'm going to leave Rocket. a third time. Goodbye. Team Rocket has a giant, like, drill mechanism. Um, it's not a birthday cake in the ground. That would have been cool. It also would have been cool if they had a giant sandcastle going on here, but we don't have that. We have a giant drill, and they take Pikachu with, like, a little claw thing. They start to run away, but Charizard sees that Ash needs help getting him back and runs to his side, and Ash rides him through the tunnel and goes after Team Rocket. They succeed and catch up with them because our heroes always win. And Charizard just sort of like stomps the drill to an oblivion. He just crushes it with his foot, which kind of brings to the question how powerful is 
Charizard. Or how cheap is Team Rocket's materials that they're using? That's a good point. The reason I was talking about that is because remember when he smacked him with his tail? Oh. The same force would have killed Ash. Because, I mean, he's not doing that hard with his foot to destroy this drill. But like Austin said, the drill could be, you know, aluminum for all we know. With the drill destroyed, though, Team Rocket is not yet done as they attack Ash. Charizard loses it. I mean, this is basically when Cell killed Trunks in the Cell games. Because, like Vegeta, Charizard goes Super Saiyan and blasts Team Rocket to an oblivion. Tracy then realizes that Ash and Charizard are on better terms. He even says this out loud. It looks like they're getting along. Excellent observation by Tracy. He's the key player here at recognizing Charizard behavior patterns. Right here at the end of the episode, our boy Tad sees what happens and says, Hey, Ash, I think we should have a rematch. This time, though, Charizard ice beams Polyrath and freezes him, causing Charizard to win the match, which is like a huge reversal. I didn't know Charizard could learn Ice Beam. I, I, mean, I didn't know Charizard could learn Ice Beam either. Apparently, this is a thing. Um, first generation, what can I tell you? There's just all this weird shit that these things do. Yeah, I mean, Polyrath still being frozen and floating in the ocean. We see our friends ascending into the sun horizon, on the sun going down on the horizon. <laughs> What the hell is trying to say there? What is ha- what 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 are you doing? That's Stop. what happens. That's how the episode ends. The island they leave the island happier than when they got there. Boom. What were we referencing? Something I don't understand no, anymore. I mean, Charizard beats Polyrath and with an ice beam. With an ice beam, and then the Torps kind of just leave. I mean, that's it. And Tad acknowledges that Ash has grown as a trainer. I should have thrown that in there. But then that's it. Charizard does the chilling at the end. Okay. I can honestly expect say I did not expect that. I was hoping that like at the end, Polyrath would give the belt to Charizard, and Charizard would just wear it. I was hoping Polyrath would do the flamethrower. This whole episode was just about Charizard. You guys help me out. Is this the final time Charizard misbehaves, or is, are we like Ash Charizard bonding now, or is there like I thought Charizard still misbehaves and stuff after this? I think it's done. I think he's gonna like occasionally blast a flamethrower at Ash, and that's it. That's it? I okay. Think. Don't don't quote me. Yeah, the big summary here is Ash and Charizard finally formed the bond. Um, and this is all a good setup episode, I guess. It doesn't the next episode, which we'll get to talk about later, doesn't tie into this, but Charizard and Ash become friends. There you go. Did you go ahead and watch the next episode? I did, because I thought we were doing two this week. I forgot oh, the scheduling. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was really excited to talk about the next one too, but that would be for a later time. Yeah, I was thinking we'd do a one-episode podcast for that one as well. Do you think there's enough material to carry it? Oh, for sure. I mean, we made this work. There's way less material in this episode than there is in the next one, and we're able to carry this one, so. I thought this was incredibly underwhelming. It was like They were like, okay, G- Generation 1's almost over. Now Charizard, we're going to resolve this plot line. But it was boring? What it was was Ash doing another grand gesture, staying up on the night, giving him a little massage, which is what Ash always does. There's some sort of peril, and Ash is like, oh, I'll take care of the problem. Then he does, and now all of a sudden he has loyal servants. But he didn't uh, do anything he doesn't ordinarily do. He didn't, like, apologize to Charizard. He didn't try to understand Charizard's point of view. He didn't try to figure out why Charizard had started this attitude in the first place. There was not no diagnosing the problem and coming up with a solution for it. Yeah, 
the problem has to escalate to it's like a serious issue for Ash to address the problem. And even then with Charizard, he still didn't. Like it took Charizard basically dying almost. Like let's just say if Ash just left it there overnight, it probably would have died. So it took Ash getting to that point to even like help Charizard or like try to solve the issue. So it's just, yeah. And I didn't, I totally forgot about it. I thought there was another way that Charizard and Ash formed their bond. I thought it was like, I don't know. I thought it was like Team Rocket took Ash and then Charizard got pissed. I didn't remember this episode at all or how this happened. So It's not very memorable. No, it's not. Not very good for a very important Pokemon. It's no Charmander in the rain on a rock. No, we should have we should have done something like that. More sentimental, more meaningful. But we didn't, and we just kind of had this. That's that. Does anyone have any thoughts or questions or concerns for this episode before we hit the randomizer for our most viable player and our least viable player and the quote that had the most impact on us? Team Rocket used buzz saws on, on Ash. That was interesting. Buzz saws? Huh. Yeah, they pull out like these like rotating blades and try to cut them in half. See, if they would have succeeded and then Charizard got mad, that would have been a lot better. But mm. Well, I think he got knocked unconscious and then he got mad. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did anyone else think that the belt was going to be anything other than what it was, just a belt? I thought it was the final gym badge. No, <laughs> This guy was the gym leader all along. <laughs> yeah, the gym leader That could have been more interesting, actually. <laughs> that would have co- saved it. Like, at the twist at the end. Oh, my gosh. I think maybe they just thought Polyrath has a boring design. I thought it was going to be some sort of cheater belt. Like a black belt from the game? No, like, it made it immune to electric attacks, so I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's cheating, and something's wrong with this belt to where it can't, he's, like, immune. This is my Game Shark belt. Is that what it really did? It made him immune to electric attacks? I don't know, that's what I'm asking. Oh, that, it might have, like, a lightning rod. I thought, like, it was going to be, like, the sun shining, it uses the belt to reflect the sun off the belt to blind its opponent. That would have been cool, but that didn't happen. I don't know. That's cool, though. That's a, If it, like, did stop electricity... It's a grounding device or something. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I'd put that on any water Pokemon. That's what I thought the episode was going to be. I thought he was going to hand the belt over to Charizard at the end. Like, I was for sure that that was going to happen. Like, you deserve this, Ash. I thought he was going to take the belt and try to beat Charizard with it. <laughs> Jeez. You're going to stay warm now. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> Ash just keeps slapping Charizard. That's how they grow. Become better friends. Charizard just sends there and likes it. Why did Ice Beam even affect Charizard the way it did? Um, because Charizard ain't hot shit like he thinks he is. But he's a fire type. Um, I don't know. Because he... Poliwrath is immune to electric attacks. And therefore, through equivalent exchange, Charizard is super weak to ice attacks. <laughs> I mean, the flying part of Charizard, I can see that. But, like, wouldn't it just be normal damage? I don't know. Let's find out. I'm surprised that, like, when Charizard's frozen, how immediately Ash takes a rock and starts banging it up against him. Like, that's, like, my the scariest thing ever. Because my thought would be, like, oh, God, what if you chip a leg off? Or, like, how frozen is he? Well, he's just freshly frozen, so it wouldn't be... He wouldn't be able to be snapped in half. It would have been awful if, like, he's almost thawed and then, like, Tad uses it again to free- refreeze him. That's what it should have happened. Like, then that would have made us really hate Tad... And then we would have had more, like, dire situation. You know, honestly, he should have called out Squirtle and had Squirtle, like, spray the ice with water because that helps it melt. Um, I'm back with an update. Fire is resistant to ice. So with flying, that means it would just be normal damage. Right. Maybe it was a little phoned in, but... This Polyrath has a belt, you see. And that makes it more powerful. The belt amplifies ice beam. That's the whole purpose of it. 
What doesn't this belt do? We're giving it a lot of ability. I'm surprised nobody brought up Damien. This should have been Damien. Wouldn't it have been better, like, if it was... <gasps> oh, my God. It was Damien! Wait, was it? No, but, like, in your scenario, it could have been Damien. Oh, well, yeah, wouldn't it have made more sense if it wasn't a random guy and it was just Damien and he's like, I'm back, let's see if this worthless-ass Charizard... And, like, I don't know, maybe it would have been more embarrassing for Ash because, like... Damien's whole thing was, oh, it's a worthless Charmander. And it's worthless as a Charizard, too, because it doesn't listen. They could do that without even, like, making Tad actually Damien. They could just say, like, Tad's on shore, and he's like, yeah, my cousin or my brother Damien had a little Charmander, and it was a little piece of crap. Yeah, they're nothing. No, I want Damien. You want Damien? It's Damien all along? Tad pulls off his mask, and it's Damien. Did Damien hit on Misty? Ew, no. No. God. Just asking. Because Misty has been hit on, like, in every episode in the Orange Islands, and it's becoming a theme, and I'm like, is this, like, them pushing their growing audience kind of thing, you know? like I mean, those suspenders, who can who can resist? Yeah, sure. Rudy couldn't. Oh, he certainly could not. Yeah. Danny couldn't. Uh, Yeah, Danny? Is that the old guy? Yeah. This Tad couldn't. He loved her so much, he almost wrecked her with his boat. That's how you know a boy likes you. They hit you with your boat. I'm on a boat, and it's going fast, and I'm about to hit this Lapras. I feel like that would have been really disgusting if it did hit Lapras, like a manatee-type situation. Um, That's exactly what happens in The Boys. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> have you got, Neither of you guys have seen that, right? I'm going to. Shit. Okay. There was a scene, spoiler alert, there was a scene where one of the characters can control, like, he can talk to sea animals and, like, control, like, marine life. The good-looking guy. Not Homelander. Who who are you talking no, about? No, not him. Deep. Yeah, the Deep. Okay, yeah. And he gets a whale to, like, do his bidding. And all of the main characters are, like, in a boat. Like, he, he's trying to intercept them. And so he, like, parks the whale in front of the speedboat. And it's exactly what you would think. When it hits the whale, it, like, impales it. And there's... It's disgusting. Like... There's oh. guts everywhere, so I imagine that to be what would happen to Lapras if that had happened. I'm going to watch the show, but I'm going to watch it through, like, my uh, my fingers. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, ugh. Yeah, it's pretty gory. I'm like, oh, shit. I was kind of thinking that when watching that scene. I was like, oh, my God, what if Lapras got hit and, like, severed in half? Speaking of whales exploding, have y'all seen that video of, like, the news? I think it's from the 70s or something where there's a whale trapped on the beach and there I, I did. Oh, there I did a movie. Is that where they <laughs> blow it up with dynamite? Yeah, and they blow it up, and then chunks of it just go into. Yeah, they, they forgot about. They forgot about gravity here, and like chunks of it come down, and like I think two people get hit and either and get seriously injured, and then they look over in the parking lot, and there's like whale bits smashed that have smashed in cars oh, in the parking lot. God. Like it is just the worst idea ever, and people are like. It goes from, like, it explodes and people are like, oh, wow, to, like, oh, my. Okay. You hear somebody, like, go, like, uh, and they turn the camera around. At the, Nasty. The bits are just falling. I was like, oh, Who man. was doing this? Was this, like, the Coast Guard or something? Or was this, like, a random person? It was a random person. It was, like, the, okay, mayor, of the, ta- okay. mayor of the town's there. And he's like, hey, we got uh, Henry here. Henry's like, well, we got 10, p- 10 million pieces of dynamite. We're going to stick it up the whale. And Tommy over there has got the niter, so he's going to knight it. Where was the police? 
They were there making sure nobody got too close to the explosion because oh. they were they were initially scared that the dynamite was going to kill people. That's what they were scared of. Yeah, not the massive amounts of whale goo that's about to fall from the sky. How did anyone survive the seventies? <laughs> I I don't know. Not really. Any more whale stories? Or do you have one, Austin? Alex got a good whale story. I had a whale story. You got a whale story? Was it a Reno 911 movie where they try to push the beach whale off the beach, but it's actually a whale carcass, and so they fall through into it? Ew. This is a gross episode. (laughs) Okay, Captain Ahab, let's rein it back in. We're having a whale of a good time here. A whale of a tail. Let's keep this going here. We're so far gone from the episode, but we're going to go back. It's a boring episode. Does anyone disagree? It was no. boring. It was it was not what Charizard deserved. Yeah, really. You made a good point earlier, Austin. Like they there was nothing no like previous conflict resolution to where like they should have acknowledged it prior to this, but then like nobody acknowledged the whole like what happened to Charmander to make him like this. The only thing I thought it was there for was kinda like to remind kids in the game not to level up their Pokemon too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I mean that's what it that's what it was for though. But was it because like it would evolve it would have evolved like what? Level 36? Is it level 32 or 36 for Charizard? Yeah, somewhere around there. Like you could always press B to stop it, but you can't force it. It's not like a Skull Greymon situation where you're forcing it to evolve. No kid's going to stop that though. Like if I'm 10 years old and I'm playing it and I'm about to get a Charizard, I'm not holding B. I'm getting the Charizard. And that actually happened to me. I was playing Pokemon Blue, like, my third time through. Remember, I used to just use one Pokemon. I took the starter and just max it out and then would go what? to the game that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so by, like, the third gym, and I was, like, losing, so I went back and I leveled up my Pokemon all the way to, like, where it was just massively overleveled. Went to the third gym, and Blastoise wouldn't listen to me. Like, I would be, like, a uh, water gun, and it would, like, go to sleep. Well, there was actually a Jigglypuff stuck in its cannons, so that's what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but pull it out. Ash has the badges. That's his whole thing. It's, look at how many badges I have. So if that's the logic, it should have listened to Ash because it has badges. If you were a Charizard, would you listen to Ash? Um, no. Okay, good point. I'm trying to also look up... Hold on one second. What is Charizard's strongest move? Fire Blast? Dragon Rage. Dragon Rage? Really? That's what it used when it was Super Saiyan. It was that For was the first time since Primate. Rage attack. That's kind of like anticlimactic, don't you think? Yeah, flamethrower should be the strongest move. God, why is Bulbapedia such a terrible layout on phone? Oh god, the ads, dude. Oh my god, there's up. so many ads. You're right, Austin. It's flamethrower. It's his strongest move with a base power of ninety-five. Yeah, I would think so. Plus double. Plus stab. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Okay, rage deals damage and it will not be possible for the player to do anything other than let the user continue to use rage and it will not stop using rage until it faints or the battle ends every time the user is damaged by an attack its rage will build causing its attack stat to increase by one stage see this doesn't seem very effective if we're going to call charizard's rage issues is the idea supposed to be it's channeling its rage into a productive means uh sure serenity now serenity now I mean, I guess, okay, maybe I'm looking at this wrong, because this is game mechanics versus, like, the show. Seismic Toss is a finisher move in the anime. It can't even learn Seismic Toss by level up in Generation 1. Really? Really. How does it learn it? Oh, it's a TM. And how many moves does Charizard even know in this episode? Because I feel like he knows, like, 100 moves. 
Ember, Flamethrower, Mega Kick, Seismic Toss, Rage. Rage. Ice Beam. Ice Beam. (laughs) Fly. He he tells it to use Fly. But it can't in the games, though. It cannot learn Fly in the games. I know they fixed that really early on. (laughs) Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Charizard's OP. Uh, Well, Charizard's OP, but I want to do MVP. Austin, you're going first, followed by myself, and then Alex. My MVP will be um, no one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my uh, no, no, I got caught with someone. I guess Misty was nice. She she gets the MVP for not doing anything wrong, and because I don't want to give it to Tracy. Uh, my LVP will be Ash for not actually doing anything. He just kind of had things happen to him, and now Charizard listens to him. That's not a very good lesson. And my quote will be the one. Okay, I'm going to do Team Rocket. Jesse said, what kind of losers would come here? And James says, we came here, didn't we? Is it ever explained why they were there in the first place building their drill machine? They came to see Cleopatra. Oh, okay. I'm going to give my MVP to Lapras for staying upright and holding strong as the boat like nearly hit it. Okay, that's a good one. And for inspiring our whale discussions. Yes. I'm going to give my LVP to the belt that the Polyrath was wearing because apparently it was useless and we had to come up with like 20 minutes of material to make it way cooler. Instead, it was just there as a stupid prop. So dumb belt. You're not even holding up any pants. And then my quote comes from Tracy. And it's after, you know, they spend that night with Charizard. Charizard seems to be coming back to livelihood. Tracy walks up. We don't know where he's at been the whole time. He just walks up and goes, I guess all that rubbing really worked. Yeah, yeah, I considered using that one. <laughs> Ew. You'd think Tracy would be used to rubbing by now. Charizard looked very relaxed and like a new person after all that rubbing. Um, I, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I want to give MVP to Tracy for calling Ash Muscle Man. Yeah. Nobody said anything about that. I was leaving that for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah, me too. Wait, why did you think that I was going to say anything about that? <laughs> because you already said muscle man earlier. Oh, I did? Oh. Yes. Well, nobody said anything, and I thought that was, like, really weird and out of character, but it is what it is. LVP, I'm going to give it to Polyrath, because what even is a Polyrath? How does it physically work? It's like mouth is its stomach, is its body, is its entire, like, head. I don't get it. No, no. And where does it shoot the water out of? It doesn't have a mouth, does it? The coil, the black coil, is its intestines. Supposedly. And where, and, okay, so the coil ends in the middle of the stomach, and the water comes from the middle of the stomach. So there's, like, an like a an actual hole straight through its body? I think so. I think it's spreading piss. Okay, because I'm looking at a polywag, and a polywag has a mouth. It's got a little pink mouth. Yes. Okay, and then what happens to it? Poliwhirl doesn't have it anymore. It, like, turns into a face. Like, polywag makes sense because it's got the belly and then the mouth on top. What? Oh, God, the more I look at it, the more disturbing it is. Okay, I'm going to move on. Polyrath LVP. Polyrath is a bad Pokemon. It is. I'm just going to say it. It is a bad Pokemon. It's a bad Pokemon. But how do we feel about Politoed? Politoed's amazing and cute and adorable. I feel like they knew how bad it was and they had to create something to redeem it. How do you get Politoed? It's like a, is it a trade evolution? Yes. Okay. It's a trade with a King's Rock, right? Yes. People who say Gen 1 designs are automatically better than later year designs are mistaken. 
Polyrath is Poliwhirl in a bad mood. Ew. It's too bad it doesn't get a secondary type. Politoed? Yeah, it's just water type. It's so cute. I always forget about Politoed. Okay, quote. Okay, at the end, nobody said this right. Ash said, Charizard, you're the hottest and the coolest. I did not use that one, no. I did not. That, I had that written down when I didn't take it. I can't believe you didn't use Muscle Man. Well, I already said it like seven times. Okay. Plus, I, well, my secondary quote was going to be the thing at the beginning when Misty's having her tentacruel fantasy. When she was like, it's hard to believe, but some people actually think tentacruel are really nasty looking. And Ash says, Misty, I think the, this guy is one of those people. The ultimate pickup line. You look like a tentacruel. That's not an insult to Misty. Yeah, she loves it. Like we love this episode, am I right? Boo! It's not a very, very powerful contender for best episode. No, not even close. And season two is done! Season two is done. It's done? That's That's it! (gasps) Yep. I'm shocked. No conclusion. This is where Pokemon ends. A lot of sources say the next 11 episodes are part of season two. Those sources are lying to you. Those are season three. I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, it's an arbitrary number. They had 52 episodes per season, and this is where the 52-episode order ended, was this one. Well, you know what the sad thing is? That they don't have season three on Pokemon TV. They have the first 11 episodes on Pokemon TV. Do they? Oh, well, the continuation of season two. Well, supposedly. But next week, we are not going to be continuing on to season three. Instead, we're going to be doing something special. Right, Austin? Pokemon the movie 2000. We're going to time travel back to the year 2000 and go and see it in theaters. And we're going to come back here and give our report. We're going to get our ancient Mew cards. Oh my gosh. Which is how I know y'all went to see that movie in theaters because that's where the ancient Mew card came from. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Are you sure? Yes. I thought it was the first movie. Put a gun to my head, I'm sure. So, wait. And you will see why. The Dragonite card and like the Pikachu card, that was from the first movie, right? Yes. And then the Mew, Ancient Mew card was the second movie. Yes. Then I had, okay, then I had to have seen it. You know, it is, it is coming back to me a little bit now. There's a reason why I don't remember this movie. My friend across the street from me had the Ancient Mew card and I was jealous and I said, where did you get that? And he said, oh, you get it when you go see the movie. So then I think I made my parents go take me to the movie just to get the card. And then I, th- I don't know if I stayed around to watch the movie. So, do you still have the waste of fucking money? <laughs> I probably do. I have um, in the room behind me. I have a large collection of Pokemon cards, including some very Japan exclusive cards. Ooh, mm-hmm. those are fun. Yeah, those are super fun. I have a bunch of the ones from the movie Detective Pikachu. I considered buying those, even though I don't collect Pokemon cards, because you know you gotta draw the line somewhere. Well, they were cute, but I'm still not, I still wasn't going to fork over the cash. Yeah, I got some of those. That's, uh, those are pretty cool. I'll show them to you sometime. But, uh, I guess we're doing the movie next week. We're doing the movie next week. Does anyone have anything else to say before I close this out here? Are we not talking about the Did You Know Gaming thing? Did you guys want to? I, it was just an idea. I mean, I have notes on it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, Alex, let's do it. Alex, leave discussion on that. Me? Yeah, you have notes on oh, it. No. I don't. I was lazy and didn't watch the video, so... Jacob! I'll ask, question, I was, I'll ask questions throughout. Oh, that's why we were trying to get through it. <laughs> okay, okay, well... It was interesting stuff. It was I interesting. And I've, I've seen, like, the thumbnail you sent me. I've seen that before. So chances are, maybe I've seen this previously and just... Like, you'll say something and it'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember them. 
So for context, this was a Did You Know Gaming video on YouTube that was about largely about this movie, this coming movie, and the development process of it, and how Takashi Shudo had a special relationship with Lugia. Now Alex took notes, so do you want to clarify what I mean? It was very interesting, and credit where credit's due, like Austin said, we watched the Did You Know Gaming video, so go ahead and check that out for more context, because I'm not going to go through, it's like an 18-minute video, I'm not going to go through like all of it, but we've talked about Takashi Shudo before. We did the light novels. We talked about that several episodes back. I don't even remember what episode that was anymore, but you can check that out too. And he was the head writer for the first five years of the anime and the first three movies. And most of his creative process was fueled by alcohol and drugs. Same. Not really. What? (laughs) He said same. Same. I mean, I feel very conflicted about this because... While we all love the early Pokemon days, I feel bad knowing that most of this was born out of a, a man's substance abuse struggle. Doesn't it make sense that you, you've you been tasked to develop an animation project based on this, you know, Game Boy game with not too much content, and you are the head guy in charge? I could see why that would lead someone to being like, you know, I gotta leave my sober mind behind. I agree with that, because... This became a hit, like, overnight, you know? Like, this blew up, and then all of a sudden, all this pressure just gets poured on you. Like, you're probably getting one or two hours of sleep a night, because you got to pump these episodes out, not only to your home country, but you got to make sure that the process is fulfilled to the rest of the world, too. And it didn't wasn't, like, a steady buildup. It was, like, worldwide hit. Boom. I mean, I I guess it's hard to imagine that, because we've never been in a position where all eyes are on us like this, but it became an obsession of his making something popular i mean pokemon and i don't know maybe it's just difficult to picture it from like our perspective now because pokemon's been so well established and it's been so prolific for the past 25 years like you have to remember that it didn't always used to be this way and i guess it's hard to picture that it is he got it to the point where it was i'm assuming like on autopilot almost we can i think we can tell when he starts to drift away from the show i'm i don't hate all of johto by any means but it definitely, by the time we get to Johto, it's very formulaic. Very like, okay, we're pumping this out. Yeah. I think that's probably more of a corporate decision than it would have been his. That's true. And that may have been a part of it, too, is bumping heads all the time. You don't get to do what you want. That's frustrating as well. Well, this this Digino Gaming sort of touches on that. Like, there was a lot of his creative process. Like, he wanted to do certain things a certain way. But after the massive success that Pokemon had become, like you said, overnight corporate Pokemon, you know, they're probably like, no, we got to do this, this, and this, maximize profits. And that goes against an artist's desire. You know, that happens with every media, right? You know, like musicians, artists, showrunners. I mean, they have a vision, but that's not what the corporate interest wants. The corporatized art. Yeah. Oh, that's a good phrase. I didn't make it up. <laughs> oh, no, dang it. Take credit, Austin. Austin, good job. I didn't make up media theory. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see, I do feel for him on that level because it's like, you know, this is his passion project. Lugia, especially, you know, that was his like baby. And then it got turned into something totally different. I I guess I kind of feel like how, I mean, how would we feel if our passion project, a culmination of all of our work got taken away from us and they said, no, you're going to do it this way. How much am I being paid? (laughs) But it's not about the money. To an artist like that, it's not about the money. It's about the like symbolism and the the message and like it was diluted 
I don't, it just makes me kind of bummed to know that this is something that's so, like, you know, Pokemon's so joyful and simple oh, and child-friendly. behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you can tell it has an edge to it. There is a bit of a... You can tell watching these episodes and movies, someone's like, let's let's push our limits and see what we can do, what we can get away with. With some of the humor and the character interactions and, like, you know, occasionally the dead amber of it all. Ooh. So that does kind of upset me, because I do have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. But knowing that it, in part, helped contribute to someone's deteriorating health, mental and physical, it, it, it's not fun to think about. Leaves a stain on it. I mean, that part is sad, but then maybe maybe I'll try to bring a little sunshine into it. You know, how many lives has Pokemon saved, conversely, if you're down in the doldrums? I don't know. I mean, media franchises have that power too, right? Oh, there would be a lot less friendships today. Yeah, friendships. If it yeah. wasn't for Pokemon, you know, there wouldn't be this podcast. Something to look forward to. Yeah. We wouldn't be friends. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I mean, but it's certainly a springboard into it because Austin, how did you and I first meet? Out of our love of college. Pokemon. That's true. That was one of our first bonding experiences. And Jacob's right. You know, this podcast wouldn't exist. So, I mean, yeah, it's it did contribute in one way, in a sad way, to somebody's like you know personal torturous thoughts or whatever. But then on the other hand, it brought a lot of people together. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to just jump into a little bit more about this video. It was kind of interesting. I don't know about you guys, but I really love Betamon. Oh, yeah. Proto decks, like Proto Pokédex stuff, like early build. So they kind of talk about that. They brought up Space World 1997, which I never heard of before in my life. But it's like a gaming expo for Nintendo products in Japan. I don't even think they do this anymore. I don't think they do. I haven't heard of Space World since, like, Era of Lore. This bygone age. Is that what Treehouse is today? Isn't Treehouse on a Nintendo of America thing? Am I wrong? I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was that. Oh, it's US? Oh, okay. Well, there's like Japan Game Expo. I'm sure it's morphed into something else. Like, it's kind of like a, was a Japanese, like, E3. I, I don't know the history of it, but, oh, it it said it ran from 1989 to 2001. Okay. So I'm sure it was absorbed into something else. And, you know, we have more technology and, like, streaming, and they do, you know, Nintendo Directs and all that kind of stuff now, but... That's the true evolution of it, is the Nintendo Directs. Yeah, the Directs. That's a good That's... point. Mm-hmm. But this is so fun. Like, they have a little clip from it in the video, and it's so 90s. It's it's amazing. I love it. But it was... They, apparently, at the Space World 97, they had the original, like, Gen 2, like, an early build of gold and silver, which was only shown to the public once. And then it was lost to time up until 2018. So this is actually relatively recently. And then a hacker broke into the servers, Nintendo servers, and leaked this demo. And that's how we have the information on it now. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> was that okay, you? Okay, thanks, Jacob. <laughs> so basically, the Did You Know Gaming video touched on Lugio never was supposed to appear in the games. I didn't know this. This was actually kind of new trivia to me. It was Ho-Oh was the one box legendary for gold. And then there was something else, like supposedly this mascot, like based on a Chinese mythology, like the lion dogs, which I guess, you know, Hisui and Arcanine, sort of similar, but Hmm. that was supposed to be the original, supposedly, speculatively, the mascot for Silver instead of Lugia. And really, the only reason we even got Lugia as a mascot and it was included in the games was because Gen 2 
was supposed to come out in 97, but delayed two years because of the infamous Pokemon shock incident, which we talked about when we discussed our Cyber Soldier Porygon episode. That episode had so many effects in so many yeah. different ways. It was over the top a little bit. The overreaching, like impact of that incident changed the course of like pokemon history media history i I don't know what human history history. (laughs) it's on the caves i mean honestly it's kind of this hugely impactive moment people who don't know pokemon know about that you know like especially back then parents and stuff like that it almost was looked down upon like if you let your kid play pokemon you're like oh isn't that the thing that you know causes seizures or something if you have a story austin did this happened to you in semi-recent years i had to tell my father about this and he's like that's not true and i'm like dad no this is real <laughs> this really happened no it's true it hospitalized hundreds of people and where honestly i think about this from time to time because i'm like where would pokemon be as a franchise firstly if it never happened but secondly if they had chosen to, like what if it just sank pokemon like, that was the end. Because that almost happened. I mean, Pokemon was almost done in by this. Like, where would we be now? Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> uh, Yokai Watch, somewhere there. Digimon was sitting there just crossing its fingers that this would end the gigantic monopoly known as Pokemon. But nope. The Recovery is possible. Regardless of that, Takashi Shudo. So, well, all the, according to the digital gaming, all of the bigwig Nintendo Game Freak executives were scrambling, trying to put out the fire, do damage control following the shock incident. And so he had, like, pretty much full creative license to do what he wanted to do with the Mewtwo Strikes Back movie. That explains a lot. Yeah, so that's why it's as dark as it is. And then, of course, they gave him complete creative control over the second movie and sort of launched the whole Lugia thing. That was, I think they had mentioned Lugia was the only Pokemon that was ever created outside of Game Freak. Like, Takashi Shido created it. That's cool. That's cool history. Yeah. And then so it goes on to, to talk a little bit about some of its inspiration as far as design-wise, which this part was kind of interesting. They mentioned some beluga whale influences, which I can kind of see that. Hey, it all ties in. Oh, no. We're back to whales. <laughs> We're back to whales. But mainly this god of the sea mythological being a dragon called Ryujin, which he created Lugia. So Ryujin is a male god and Takashi Shido wanted Lugia to be specifically maternal and female, but that never happened. That should have been the case. Yeah, so, but some film executives Hmm. decided to go with a male actor instead of female, and of course it's genderless in the games, as most legendaries are, and apparently this caused him a lot of, like, personal anguish. They mentioned that he speaks a lot about this on his personal blog in in the years preceding his death. It also goes into some typing, like, why it's classed as a psychic and flying type versus a water type. Psychic isn't nearly as powerful in the games today as it was back then so i do think having it be the mascot for silver was the right call i couldn't picture it any other way <laughs> i imagine ho and lugia as a pair and so it's impossible not to disentangle them mm-hmm. i think that was the right call because lugia has a great design i also think it would have been a lot more inter- interesting if the movie had had lugia as a maternal cradle of life type figure that would have been possibly a more interesting movie because, well, I mean, we'll see our opinions on the movie next week, but we'll we'll keep that in mind. That's interesting. I mean, it's kind of, this whole behind the scenes, like how Pokemon come to be, is a very interesting process. Like, what are their design choices and things that ultimately end up being so iconic? 
it does the rest of the video just talks a little bit about Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness, which Shadow Lugia exists only in that game and nowhere else. Hmm. Oh, that is true. I didn't think about that before. Which I don't think, if I'm trying to remember, I kind of breezed through the end of that video. I don't think Takashi Shiro had anything to do with that. That was James Turner, who y'all remember as the art director of Sword and Shield. But as of June of this year, he is no longer at Game Freak. So. Oh. So he's like the first, like, I think non-Japanese citizen to be like such a high level at Game Freak, like doing Pokemon designs. But that video, so the digital gaming came out in 2021. And they mentioned, like, well, maybe James Turner, now that he's kind of a big head honcho type guy, might have some, like, clout and influence and Shadow Lugia might appear somewhere else. But I don't think that's going to happen now because he's gone, so. No, yeah. Oh, well. Maybe, I I really want them to do a, a Pokemon XD remake, but I know that'll never happen. They should do Coliseum XD for Switch. That should happen. Oh, I wish they would, but... I don't know why. I mean, Pokemon's such a moneymaker no matter what it is. And that would be, a like, a complete nostalgic, like throwback to a lot of people like oh it's the old gamecube game and you could take that and put in esports too that easily just throw it in the esport arena along with like unite and the tcg and the mainstream games now it's just another money maker one thing i will note about the movie takashi shudo didn't like ash and didn't want him to be in the movie yeah Yeah, they for well he compromised right because he was like i hate ash i don't want him to be in this movie and then they were like, no, we need to have Ash because he's, like, the character. And he was like, fine, I'll play nice. The movie's all about Ash. It's Ash's movie, pretty much. It doesn't seem like a compromise in that way. Like, I would have no. thought he would have been like, oh, he's there. But, like, no, I mean, he's pretty centric, so. He probably wrote out a whole story with a different character and then just threw Ash in the slot. I want to know what that story was. I yeah. want to know exactly what went down. I guarantee that's what happened. So there's, like, a whole other script out there of this movie with Ash being gone. God. How things would have been different. How they could have been. Maybe they'll get rid of Ash after Journeys. Who knows? No, he's sticking around. <clears throat> that That's uh, the corporation won't let thing on. I, by the time this episode comes out, we may or may not actually know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. I think eventually you'll see Ash go into like an oak roll or something like that. No way. He's too stupid. <laughs> no, no. Well, there's been plenty of stupid professors. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Oak is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I see happening. I don't know. I would rather see Gary to be Oak's successor because they already have him like pretty much groomed him to be that next Professor Oak he is Professor Oak I mean Uh, yeah I would love that like Ash becomes the champion of the world and like Gary is the new professor of of Kanto so dogs want me to attend to their needs oh right but we can read my immortal first we have to finish it let's just fucking do it okay yeah we'll finish it so tune into my immortal After the closing here, if you want to... The thrilling finale! The thrilling finale. But before the thrilling finale, we'd just like to say thank you all for listening. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. Again, that is outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. Again, our handle is outofdryingpan. And join us next time as the journey continues.
Jacob, if you want to have your own segment next season after the outro, let us know. I, I, I think you get to decide what we do next. Well, I'm hoping that like this fall we'll have a football power hour where it's just a football talk show. You know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's only fair because you... Well, okay. You're the one that wanted to do this in the first place. So remember that. You guys hyped it up <laughs> like it was interesting. You guys were talking about this thing like it, it was... It is interesting. Bi- uh, <laughs> some kind of Harry Potter Bible or it's something. It's one of the greatest pieces of writing out there on the internet of all time. You may also need to be a 14-year-old to fully appreciate it. A 14-year-old in 2005. Well, we grew up with it, so... What inspired me to finish this was I was actually reading... There's a famous Twitch streamer out there that got famous by reading bad fan fictions. Mm. And that's what they do on their channels. They just read fan fictions. So it's like, oh, maybe this will be us. I just, I wouldn't want to make fun of any written material, especially anything written by a kid, unless I know for a fact, which I assume Minor Mortal is, unless I know for a fact that they made it to be silly and funny. This is absolutely yeah. made to be silly and funny. This is not some kid writing it seriously this is absolutely 100 percent a satire okay we have three chapters left do you want to do two or one alex because um, i think jacob wants to recuse himself okay chapter so i'll i'll it doesn't matter find it 41 is where we left off right 41. right one uh hedwig and voldemort are having sex as she records it oh right oh god oh my god. no wait okay she caught draco and snake and then oh i forgot about that yeah when where was the where was the Hagrid thing? Chapter 41. It doesn't matter. Okay, we're on chapter 41. No, chapter 42, right? Yeah. Which one's closer to the end? Hold on. I was I was catching myself back up. Hedwig. Oh, Satan and Hedwig used to date. And she was going to get them back together. Right. And then, okay, some other stuff happens. Voldemort and Hedwig get back together. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember this. We're on <laughs> chapter. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. We got a title this episode, Quit Flamin'. Quit Flamin'. Quit flamming the story, because Charizard. Charizard, exactly. Okay, just should it be like in regular human English? No. Quit flaming, or no. like all lowercase. Quit flamming. Like she writes it in the fanfic. Okay. Stop flamming. Okay, chapter forty-two, the Black Parade. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna try to make this like the best I've ever done it, because this is the end. Okay. A N. O M G. The new book is coming out really soon, and I can't wait. One one one. I think that Snap will be really the same person as Volksimort because they are both the half-blood so that they will explain why he killed Dumbledore and he hated Harry. So Voldemort will die because he will really be a horcrux. OMG, I hope Draco and Harry get together. That would be so schmexy, won't it? If they don't, then JKR is hamophobic. They were close. Um, thanks for the help with the facts. Medusa, you rock. Who is Medusa? Um, she turns people to stone. Okay. Medusa rocks. Oh my god, Medusa, you rock. Okay. Ah! (laughs) See, this shit's above our heads. See? This is genius. This is actually genius. All right. I sat depressedly in Dumbledore's office with Hedwig, Satan, James, Sirius, Snap, and Lucian. Dumbledore was sitting in front of us cruelly. He looked more young than he did in the future. He had taken the iPod away and was now listening to a shitty Avril Lavigne song. What the hell is this anyway? He cackled meanly. I hoped he didn't find out that I was from another time. Whatever you do, don't blame Ibony, you jerk, Satan said. Yeah, seriously, she was trying to get Satan and Hedwig back together, Sirius said deviantly. 
Be quiet, you Satanists, Dumbledore cockled. If you're lucky, I'll probably send you all to Azkaban. That will teach you to copulate in the Great Hall. He changed the song on the iPod to an NSYNC song. Suddenly, I noticed something strong about the iPod. It was slowly chonging. Dumbledore didn't notice. You fucking poser, I muttoned. I bet you never heard of GC, James said. I know, no, I knew, wait, okay. No, I knew what the iPod was chonging into. <laughs> Morty McFly's time machine. Shut up, Jones, Draco's dad shouted. Yeah, shut up, Snake said preppily. No, you shut up, Dumbledore, said Tom. I've had enough of you Satanists in my school, shouted Dumbledore spuriously. Suddenly, I grabbed the iPod from him. Everyone, jump into it before it's too late. I jumped into it, but only one other person jumped in. It was Satan. You dunderheads, screamed Dumbledore wisely as we went. I looked around. I was in the Slytherin conman room with Satan. I was wearing a black plaid miniskirt with hot pink fishnets, a sexy black MCR corset, and black stiletto boots with pink pentagrams on them. My earrings were black Satanist sins, and my raven hair was all around me to my mid-back. Mid-black, sorry. Hey, cool. Where is this? He asked in an emo voice. This is the future. Dumbledore's iPod that he tried to take away from me was really also a time machine, I told him. Cool. What's an eye patch? He whimpered. It's something you use to listen to music, I yacked. <laughs> oh, I'm Yakety yak. <laughs> Don't call it back. Oh my god. Is this where you put the yakety sax music over this? I think you should. Uh, we'll see. Okay. OMFG. Saxily. OMFG, cool. Wait, what's the four letter word for dirt? He asked. Soil. What? Soil. Soil. Wait, is he like doing a crossword puzzle? I don't get it. He's, he asked in his sex of voice. Um, I guess sand? I laid confusedly. Yeah, I was trying to make sure you were still the same person. <laughs> he triumphantly giggled. Suddenly, some of my friends walked in. OMG, you're fucking alive, said Ginny, wearing a black leather jacket, black baggy pants, and a gothic black from first to last shirt. I explained to her why I was alive. Konnichiwa, bitch, said Willow. She was wearing a black corset showing off her boobs with lace all around it and red stripes on it. With it, she was wearing a black leather miniskirt, black boots, white foundation, black eyeliner, red eyeshadow, and black lipstick. Hey, motherfucker, said Diabolo with his red hair. He was wearing a black Panic at the Disco t-shirt and black baggy pants. Who's that, Ebony? Be Letty Mary questioned as she walked in wearing a black... Oh my god, if I have to read one more descriptive <laughs> outfit. I'm getting a clear... A clear picture here. I'm so glad we have to know what they're all wearing. Black t-shirt. They're all wearing the same fucking thing. <laughs> well, they all shop at Hot Issue, so it's all the same stuff. Wearing a black t-shirt with a red pentarom on it with lace at the bottom, red leather pants with black lace, and black stilettos. Oh, it's Satan, I told her, and she nodded knowing the truth. Suddenly, Satan started to cry. Are you okay, Satan? We asked concernedly. OMFG, you're from the future. What if you don't like mm, anymore because we're from different times, he asked. 
No, I still like you, I said sexily to him. Okay, he said reassuredly. I let him listen to The Teenagers by MCR on my iPod while I was about to go outside to find some things. I gave Diabolo a signal to keep Satan occupied. Satan fell asleep. I took the iPod. I was about to walk outside. Professor Sinister ran in. She was wearing a gothic black mini dress with depressing black stripes, white and black striped tights, and a red Converse shoes. She was wearing lots of black eyeliner. Oh my fucking god, where's Draco? How did Snap get back here? I thought he was in Azerbaijan, I said sadly. Ebony, I was so worried about you, but I know you can't fucking die because you're a vampire. Snape came back because that girl Brittany freed him. I never liked her. She was a bad student, Trevelry said reassuredly. That bitch! Did she also free Hargrid and Lupin? I shouted angrily. I hated Brittany because she was a fucking prep. Yes, they are on the loose at this school. Dumbledore is back. Cornelia is on his way to help everyone. Tell everyone you see to lock themselves in their conman room, Trevelry said worriedly. Okay, but where's Draco? How come he was doing it with Snap? I don't know why, but I know he almost tried to commit mm, after he saw you almost kill yourself, she said. OMG, that's terrible, I gasped. Satan was still asleep, so he couldn't tell what was going on. Then I said, listen, everyone, I have something imp impotent to do. In one hour, everyone stay. With that, I ran out. Good luck, Tara. <laughs> everyone cried. Oh my god, this is so long. We may not be able to finish. How much longer does this go? Okay, should I keep going? Keep going. Okay, I ran sexily down the stairs into the great hall, while the portraits around looked at me scaredly. There was hardly anyone else in the stairs, and there was an atmosphere of horror. On the way, I saw Brittany laughing on the stairs. She was wearing a slutty pink shirt with flowers on it, a blue jean skirt, Abercrombie, and pink stilettos. She looked just like a pentagram of those fucking preps Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan. You fucking bitch, I shouted angrily. No, you're totally a bitch. Now Voldemort will, like, totally kill you, she laughed. Crucius, I shouted, selectively pontificating my black wand. And she started screaming because she was being tortured, and I laughed sadistically. No, help me, please, Brittany screamed terrifiedly. I put up my middle finger at her. In her hand, I saw the video camera Snape and Lumpen had used to take the video of me. I put the tape of Voldemort doing it with Hedwig onto it. Then I continued to round down the stairs with the camera. When I had reached the Great Hall, I saw Vampire Potter. OMG, Vampira, I yielded. We hugged each other happily. He locked at me with his gothic red eyes and spiky black hair. Around them were black eyeliner and eyeshadow. His, he was wearing a black leather Jackson, leather pants, a Panic at the Disco concert shirt, and black Congress shoes. He looked more like Joel from Good Charlotte than ever. Did you hear their song, The River It Rocks? I was so worried you died, moaned Vampire. I know, but I'm a vampire, lol. I, when I woke up, I was back in 1980. Anyway, I bought Voldemort from when he was young with me. Where's Draco? I asked spuriously. Draco? You mean that fucking poser who betrothed you? Vampire snarkled with anger in his sexy voice. I know, but we have to find him, I said smarty. I'll do it then, Harry said angstily. Okay, 
by our greed, suddenly all the lights in the room went out, and then the dork Mark appeared. Oh my fucking Satan, Harry shouted. I think Voldemort has arrived, I said anxiously. Wait, isn't he already there, like sleeping? I think present day Voldemort. Oh, so he exists, two of them exist in the same time? Okay, whatever. I think Voldemort has arrived, I said anxiously. Fuck, I have to find Draco. I guess we should separate. Okay, Vampire said, dis-separating. Sadly, I ran into the Great Hall. Oh my god, that was so long. Do we want to stop there? (laughs) Are we not? Okay, I don't think we're going to finish this. It's kind of long. That was was like four chapters in one, lengthwise. We were so excited. We were like, we're going to finish today. Jacob, I'm so sorry. Cliffhanger. (laughs) Christ. All right. Well, we didn't finish it, but um, that was a long chapter, so maybe we can get to it (sighs) next week. Cliffhanger. Could you imagine how long this would have been if we did two episodes plus this? Oh, my God. That's okay. We love talking about Pokemon. Yep, and we'll finish it sometime. sometime, So, bye. Next season. Bye.